0: Hey Mike, thanks for joining us on uh, your first behind the bars podcast. You know, I think you did a stellar job, even better than my usual partner John. <laughs> uh, you know, and he'll hear this, of course, and he'll you know get all indignant. But do you know one of the things that he's most excited about the Pan America is the is the um, uh, the, the suspension and the adaptive ride height. Yep. Do you know why? Why? Because he's also a really big fan of those kneeling buses. He loves when they pull up and he you know and they kneel down for him and he gets right
1: in. <laughs> That's because he's the kid. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark.
0: Okay, Mike, we are on the line today with Spencer and Eric from Moto Vermont. So Moto Vermont is this really cool touring company here in Vermont that takes adventure riders into the beautiful hills and backroads of Vermont. What great work they do! So welcome awesome. Eric and Spencer. How are you?
1: Hey Gary, great. thank you. Yeah, doing well.
0: <clears throat> so um, Spencer and Eric, tell us tell us how long has Moto Vermont been around and and uh you know what uh, what sort of locations beyond Vermont do you guys get to?
2: Well, we've been around for about eleven years, and uh most of our touring primarily uh, does take place in Vermont and New England, but we've done tours up into Quebec um, out west into New Mexico. We're working on something down in the uh, in the Smoky Mountains now that should be out next year, so we're we're expanding quickly.
0: That's so. Awesome. Are you guys outfitters as well as tour guides? In other words, do you provide the, the bikes and the equipment, or do folks who come on your tours need to bring their own adventure machines?
1: Yes, yeah, so we, um, we do provide uh, rental rental motorcycles for those who uh, either don't own their own dirt-worthy bikes or are traveling from afar and it uh, and, uh, makes more logistical sense to rent one. So we do rent fully equipped dual-sport Dual sport motorcycles and adventure motorcycles, um, and uh, and we do uh, offer some motor some riding gear sales as well.
0: That's awesome. Well, I um, I also want to introduce to you uh, Mike, also known as the Wolf, here at Wilkins Harley Davidson. This, as I said, is 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 the Wolf's first podcast. I normally have John Lyon, the Jungle Cat, and uh, well. <laughs> It's really refreshing to have uh, an intelligent partner today on the podcast. S- somebody who actually knows a little bit about um, off-road motorcycling and, uh, well, you know, John Lyons got his strengths, but eh, I'm not sure this is one of them. So, Mike, <laughs> welcome aboard. What uh, what sort of questions do you got for these guys?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, thanks for the intro there, Mark. Yeah, this is my first podcast, so I'm not nervous or anything. <laughs> um, so. Um, I haven't been a part of the Moto Vermont um, experience, but I know the Johns have. Um, I'm just going to kick this off and get this right at the soccer question out of the way. Eric and Spencer, who do you think is going to be better on the Pan America? Is it going to be John Sargent or John Lyon?
1: Oh, geez. I feel like we got this question before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there seems to be some competition there. <laughs> um, who signed the check, uh, Spencer?
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that, uh, that's a need to know. <laughs>
2: You know, all three of you guys did great on our training last year, and I'm really uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on a uh, a real mean machine uh, like the Pan, and uh, and we're excited to uh, to do a training with you guys, and we're excited to see that that thing in uh, in real life um, for sure.
3: Yeah, we're we're pretty pumped to see it in person as well. Like the we uh, John Sarge and I were part of a training from Harley Davidson a couple of days before the bike was released, and it, it was really impressive to see just the technical specs behind it were mind-boggling. I am not a tech-savvy person, so just sitting there learning about it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, the it seems to me that the adventure touring riders typically like knowing all that tech spec. Um, like I think most Harley riders just like they like that it, it sounds really good and it has really nice colors and you can customize and stuff like that. But this is going to be a whole new breed of. Uh, you know, obviously a market that we've never been a part of would you guys kind of agree with that
1: yeah yeah i, I would uh i think there's a there's a large uh, i think there's a large segment of the adventure rider community that are uh that are tech nerds for sure and and love the data so uh yep yeah, they on it is uh is definitely gonna feed those those riders for sure
0: so Besides being analytical, what else can you tell us about the adventure rider? I mean, now we're a Harley Davidson dealership. You know, we're we're modern pirates. We want to just sort of like, you know, pillage and make lots of noise. And you know, we're sort of we're sort of trying to figure out as this adventure rider starts to visit our dealership to see the Pan America uh, and its fantastic specs. What what else about this uh, rider should we know? Well,
2: um, I'll tell you what. Spencer and I uh, chatted about right away when we got the spec sheet for the Pan America. Uh, a few things came to mind. Uh, you know, first of all, the weight of a motorcycle. Because when you're off road and uh, maybe you're at slow speeds and that motorcycle is bouncing around, or you're crossing a r- little river, or you know, going over a, a, a log, the weight of the bike really plays a huge role in how easily you're able to control it. So that's something I think the, uh, the average adventure rider or most adventure riders look to. Um, another thing uh, they look at is, uh, is fuel range. Another thing they look at is uh, this, the uh, general... the ground at some point unlike your harley uh adventure you know un- unlike so excuse me unlike the typical harley or the uh, up until the pan america <laughs> um, you know you want to keep your bike off the ground at all costs but when you're adventure riding there's just there's no way to avoid it so um the looking at the bike and and how it's going to take a fall is
1: is really important what else yeah um other things you know uh Yes. Uh, what did we talk about here? Uh, yeah. Uh, as Eric said, uh, you know, fuel range is, is big. You know, it's it's an adventure bike, right? So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it's to be expected that riders are going to plan to take a bike like this. Uh, is super important. Not only the weight of the bike, but possibly a passenger, possibly a bunch of luggage, uh, and you know that adaptive ride height that's available on on this Pan America was uh, was pretty intriguing when I read about that. You know, the fact that you come to a stop and the bike drops down to, to let you put your feet on the ground and support yourself is pretty pretty cool. Uh, whilst you know being able to uh, increase that ride height. As you move and maintain your uh, uh, your ground clearance, which is a, which is an important thing as well for off road riding. Um, those are some some things that are are definitely of note for this bike.
3: Awesome, and you actually just hit on something that I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Harley Harley is the first um, brand in this market to have a system like this with the adaptive ride height. The um, I believe the, the ride height of the bike itself is right around 31.8 inches. So. When you're yeah when you're coming to a stop it depending on the mode that you're in there's four different modes that the adaptive ride height can be in um, there's a lock mode which, which would be the fourth mode that you can lock it in so it doesn't do it at all so like taller riders will probably like that right um, but then in the, based on the other modes it'll take into account of you know how much you're throttling on you're throttling off how much brake pressure you're applying so it will adjust like a like an everyday kind of just a, a normal mode then there is a, like a lower a Um, like a slow approach or a fast approach of how you're coming to that stop um but yeah dropping yourself two inches i think is going to be really huge like i'm 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 six feet tall so i mean i I haven't really had that issue but i've ridden the adventure bikes and all of them i come to a stop i put one foot down yeah so like like i mean i i think my balance is pretty decent from racing motocross but i'll tell you man like it's still pretty sketchy sometimes on the road
1: (laughs) yeah for sure for sure and 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 Cross bikes are uh are quite a bit lighter weight than an adventure yeah, bike um, sure. so yeah i think that adaptive ride height is a is a really smart move broaden your uh customer base for that bike too you know more riders can fit it and it sounds like there are a lot of things that you're able to adjust with this machine to kind of make it your own uh which is something that uh that adventure riders definitely do you know when they buy a bike they're uh there's usually kind of a, you know, an extra few thousand dollars in the back pocket, ready to ready to add accessories or make tweaks to really make those bikes their own. Yeah,
3: for sure. In true Harley fashion, you know, you have got all all sorts of different accessories that are coming out for that. So that's awesome. Nice, nice. The uh, now you just you had mentioned something real quick about the weight and how weight is obviously really important for riders. Um, the I believe the running weight on the special model is about 559. Do you think that's that's pretty in line with what people are going to be expecting out of that, or is that still a little on the heavier side?
2: Well, I mean, actually, it's it's right right in line because uh, the Harley's the one model of the Pan America comes in at this is a wet weight, so this is you know with some fuel and oil uh, at five thirty four, and then I think the more um, loaded model comes in at five fifty nine. Uh, The BMW R1250 GS, so the latest uh, BMW GS model, which would be a direct competitor, comes in at a wet weight of 549, so right there uh, in between the two Harley models. So I think you're right on point there, Uh, and even the KTM, you know, uh, the more, you know, supposedly adventure, you know, kind of a, a more adventure-minded or a more uh, dual-sport-minded adventure bike, uh, still is about 530 pounds. So they're all right in the same ballpark, and at that, um, you know, at those levels, you really would be hard-pressed to tell any difference,
0: awesome.
2: uh, especially once you're, it's loaded up with, with uh, like Spence said, your camping gear and, uh, you know, possibly your partner on the back and, and uh, all your luggage.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Th- thanks for that insight. Yeah. We're we're super pumped about. it. I mean, I I was really impressed with how much Harley put into this bike to make sure that we're that we'd be a standing point in the in the market. I mean, because obviously BMW, KTM, Triumph, they're all like titans in this um, in this market, this adventure touring market. And for Harley to come in here and and not do their research would would have been pretty scary. But I think they've really done a really good job with it
1: yeah time. big time big time and i know uh you know just just from you know social media posts and things like that you know i've uh adventure riders can be pretty uh can be pretty critical too you know so uh but i think that you know after seeing these specs and hopefully these will be you know shared around a lot more uh, i think people will kind of get a different idea you know and Uh, Everybody, I I think there was a lot of expectation for this to be a very, very heavy bike, Uh, probably based on, you know, that Harley-Davidson makes cruiser bikes, which are a heavier machine. Uh, I think a lot of adventure and off-road riders were expecting it to be an overweight bike, but that, you know, like Eric just said, you know, comparing the weight of this bike to those other bikes and the features of it, I mean, it seems to be right in line with the other bikes of the other adventure bikes of that you know in that range so uh i think i think people will be pleasantly surprised by that
0: so guys one of the um, one of the things that we've read about adventure riders is that they're incredibly loyal to their brands you know and and that was certainly something that harley davidson has considered as it launches into this segment too I'm wondering, do you feel as though adventure riders are open-minded enough to consider a Harley-Davidson um, as an off-road machine?
1: I've seen, you know, it seems like it's a pretty, pretty mixed bag there. I think, um, I think there are a lot of adventure riders who. Uh, Appreciate the growing market and they want you know they want more options in the off-road and adventure segment so there you know there are people who are all about it they're like yes the more the merrier and you know I've, I've seen you know kind of read some uh, feelings of you know like you know finally Harley is, is you know working into this market a bit you know because they want more more options and it's cool to see something like that from a, from a brand that they're not used to seeing there uh, but of course you like you said, you know there are some people that are pretty loyal and, uh, and um, you know might have some preconceived notions about these things and are you know before they even throw a leg over a bike, they'll they're pretty quick to dismiss it. So I've seen seen plenty of reviews from both sides already. Um, but I think uh, I think again, you know, I, I think that most people are, are pretty open to, just more development in the adventure and off-road market because uh, that just builds the sport and uh, and means it'll it'll be a continuing a continuing thing we can do
3: yeah if I can touch on that too so I, I typically take most of our phone calls um, just for the people that are calling in on the pan America um, and what I've seen so far is thankfully knock on wood seriously knock on wood um, everyone's been super positive about it which has been really helpful um, very, very thankful for that the the Folks that have been calling in that already have adventure bikes, I've noticed they're BMW riders, and I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if there's something going on with the BMW bikes in specific that they're they're thinking that they want to get away from that, or they maybe they're just BMW riders that have always wanted to have a Harley. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, but it, it was cool to to hear that feedback of the, the, so many BMW riders asking about the Harley. Cause yeah. just in my experience, yeah. I've noticed that BMW riders—they're some of the most hardcore about their like that brand that they support.
1: They can be. They can be for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think you know i I've seen I've seen quite a bit of crossover between those two those two brands. You know, Harley and BMW. As as much as they can both be very, uh, you know, very brand loyal. Uh, you know, we have we we've, uh, we've had some. BMW 1200 G S is on our rental fleet, uh, in the past. And, uh, we get, you know, we have, we have, we have plenty of, uh, riders come in who were diehard Harley guys, you know, and, you know, they would, they would venture out to ride a BMW and, uh, and most of them were pretty darn pleased with them, you know? So I think, um, I, and I, and I imagine it goes the same the other way too. I think, uh, uh, you know, if you have a, a good product there, they're gonna they'll be interested.
2: We get a lot of crossover on our dual sport tours as well. A lot of guys come in and you know, with a with a, their own dual sport or renting one of our two fifties or four hundreds and, and uh, going out with us on a dual sport tour and you know, chatting chatting about their Harley's at home. Uh, so I think there's a lot of crossover, and I'm sure you all see. Uh, a lot of guys coming in, you know, servicing their Harleys and, and talking about their dirt bikes as well.
3: Oh, yeah, But every yeah. day, absolutely.
2: I think this is a natural crossover, and I'm surprised it took Harley. I'm surprised there was such a gap uh, between the old, you know, AMF um, dual sport bikes and motocross bikes to, um, to the Pan America, but I'm certainly glad to see... Harley joined the market, and I'm really glad to see him with such a, a viable contender. I think this is a cool-looking bike. I think they uh, took a lot of the elements of Harley-Davidson, but they also put a lot of useful elements of the adventure bike, you know, the, the uh, atypical or standard ad- adventure bike, um, and I think they've got a very, a very cool contender here.
0: So one of the things that Uh, Surprised me that you didn't mention about the adventure rider, the typical adventure rider, and what they're looking for is performance. Um, You know, certainly uh, with traditional Harley-Davidson riders, you know, we're all looking for uh, robust performance. And I'm curious: is is the adventure rider less concerned about that? I mean, are they less concerned about speed uh, and more about the other things you described, or is is you know, power, a factor in this, in this marketplace?
2: I think power is absolutely a factor, especially in the larger displacement adventure motorcycles. But yeah, everyone wants as much, much power as they can get, you know, power to weight ratio. Uh, and I noticed the Harley again, kind of, you know, we took a quick look at, at specs again, um, between the Harley and and the Beamer and and the KTM and uh, Harley's right in there. I think they're 150 horsepower rated. Um, a BMW R1250GS comes in at 134 horsepower. So um, this bike looks like it's right in there with plenty of horsepowers, uh, plenty of horsepower, and um, and of course, I'm sure if that's you know if that's important to people, they can. Uh, do modifications to make them even faster, and
1: and adventure riders absolutely do that.
3: Nice. Did Did you guys get a chance to see the top speed on that? By the way.
1: I read that. What did it say? A hundred. It can go 135. The uh, passenger and luggage.
3: 135 miles an hour. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah.
2: Well, John said I could try one, so we'll be able to find out. Oh First yeah. Man. Yeah. There we go. I'm
3: in. Let's, yeah, let's
0: well, I, I can tell you for sure, John ain't going 135. So it's gonna take one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Trust me. Uh, but that's, that's cool, you know. I mean, I think that's probably a le- less of a concern to the adventure uh, rider. But yeah. you know, uh, having a, a passenger on there and a bunch of luggage, you need a little bit of power. And, and if you're buying a big displacement bike, you're, you know, planning on cruising some roads as well, you know, some, some larger roads as well as the smaller back roads.
1: Yeah, you definitely, uh, as Eric said, you know, you're you're – all geared up for a big trip on this thing. And, uh, you don't want that extra, extra weight of, uh, to make the bike feel sluggish. You know, it's, it's one thing if it's very responsive when it's all stripped down, but, uh, yeah, if, if somebody's buying this bike to do these big trips and needs to carry stuff with them or possibly another person with them, uh, they want that performance to still be there on tap. So, uh, you know, having that power is definitely important for, uh, for a large adventure bike that's going to be hauling around some stuff.
0: Well, conversely, I it I think it's also probably important, and Mike can, and we'll talk more about this because he knows more about the specs on it. But braking power on a, an adventure motorcycle is probably pretty critical too, given the kind of terrain that the the bikes can be on and the payload that they potentially are carrying. Mike, what are the brakes like on the Pan America?
3: Well, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, you've the you, you got stopping power, which is what everybody wants, obviously, but they have the, um Part of the reflex defensive rider systems or the rider safety enhancers that Harley came out with last year, they've carried over some of the features of that into the Pan America, too. So, like, you've got a cornering-enhanced ABS, so um, with the help of the inertia measurement unit that's in the motorcycle, um, if you're taking a corner, one, it's, it's reading your, your G-force going through your corner, uh, so it knows you're in a corner, so... It also knows that your front tire shouldn't be going the same speed as your rear tire and vice versa in a corner So um, the, god forbid like a deer jumps out in front of you or something like that and You start to apply brake pressure That's just gonna like, kick in and it will never take control of what you're doing, but it's just going to assist what you're doing so um, Like you apply brake pressure and it goes okay Well based on our speed and going in through this corner we need more it might apply a little bit more brake pressure or it actually might like take off some of the brake pressure as well so it's designed to get you to you know, to a stop in a controlled manner versus you just slamming on it and hoping that you're you're fine. <laughs> so, nice. so, so, yeah. Got- also,
2: the ride modes, um, you know, they can they can help a lot of times uh, depending on the surface that you're on, whether it's yeah. a, um, a hard pack uh, dirt or a loose gravel or asphalt. Um, they can also, you know, I'm not exactly sure how they work on with the specific system, but. Sounds like everything's pretty advanced on this bike, and I'm I'm sure they do take in some of the uh, some of the uh, terrain as well. Uh, account for some of the terrain.
0: So as you guys look over the specs and anticipate the arrival of the Pan America, um, let's let's take another look at the another side of it. What what do you want to see in the next generation of Pan America that may may not currently be on the um, you know the, the first models here? You know, did you notice anything that um, that the, the bike could use there, that it, you know, maybe at this point needing, or lacking.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, I guess. that, Well, you know, what I was thinking of uh, regarding ABS and and varying terrain. Uh, how uh, do you get, do? You know, off the top of your head, if that, uh, if you can toggle that anti-lock brake system off in a in a quick quick
3: way like button push yeah so um so inside of your 6.8 tft um you can go and you select all your different ride modes so and it, nice. there's seven or eight different ride modes i say seven or eight because there's still a little bit of um, a confusion between that eighth one if it's its own mode because there's a it's called a custom off-road plus okay and it's confusion if it's in if it's own mode or if it's just inside of the off-road plus mode but anyway so yeah, depending on what mode you're in, you can change the levels that you know your braking systems kicking in, your traction control systems kicking in. Um, if you're like in your off-road mode, it'll dumb down obviously or dull down the um, the traction control system itself just automatically. But yeah, in like the custom modes, you can go in and you can change around what however you like to ride. That's um, cool. So that's yeah, cool. so that's gonna be really awesome. It's it, it gives it such a level of. Um, customization for the rider that you can just make it your own motorcycle
1: absolutely um yeah no that's that's perfect and um you know the other thing that i think you'll probably find uh, is you know i see that there's an option for uh uh, tubeless spoked wheels on the uh special uh, model and and i think that that's you know that's something that uh the riders who want to that do want to take a bike like this onto more rugged terrain, whether that be you know rocky mountain passes out out west or uh, or you know dirt roads and class fours up here in the northeast, um, you know, spoked wheels just just take a lot more abuse, uh, you know, and and uh, can be readjusted and repaired more easily than a than a cast aluminum wheel. So that's a great option to have, and I think you'll find that. That that's a popular option for riders who do want to use this bike for uh, for the adventurous riding that it was intended.
3: Yeah. The uh, so it's funny you just mentioned that. So I have taken seven deposits on the Pan America so far. They've all been the special model and they've all had the laced wheels and adaptive
1: ride height. Yeah. So like uh, the, I I think those two things are gonna be huge. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Yeah. The, uh, the I mean the technology again it, it's just amazing stuff and for me that I mean I I came from Ducati um i had a ducati monster was my first road bike then i came to harley and um you know so i i just like the loudness of it and whatnot but like just the technology in this bike is going to be impressive and i can't wait to ride it i'm I'm pumped for it me too so
2: I mean, eric, I think it looks really cool i think that the looks of it, it and the whole package i think it's uh it's really just going to be an interesting cool bike
0: so yeah. eric and spencer yeah. we we're um we're uh, we know your time is valuable, and uh, we're we're sort of running out of time here. How do folks find Moto Vermont? What's the best way to connect with you guys if they want to get involved with a tour in Vermont or in Quebec or in Mexico, uh, New Mexico? Um, how do they reach you guys?
2: Well, we're at uh, motovermont.com, which is always the, the best way to uh, to get in touch with us for uh, for tours or trainings or uh, or rentals, and. Um, you can also call us. We're at eight zero two eight six zero six six eight six, and uh, and we're glad to uh, to help anyone out with that stuff or just chat motorcycles like we are right now. Nice.
0: So, do you guys? Uh, when does your season start for tours?
2: Our first tour is the first week of May. So that's uh, that's kind of when the season is starting this this season. You know, this year.
0: And do you run through the autumn?
2: We run in Vermont through the autumn, yep, and then um, our last tour uh, for 2021 is out in New Mexico uh, in October and November.
0: Wow, it sounds great. Yeah. Well, Eric and Spencer, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Behind the Bars uh, podcast here, and Mike, I thought you did a spectacular job uh, for yeah. a rookie. Nailed
3: it, first try. Ooh. Definitely. Do we need
1: to do a wolf howl, since that's your <laughs> nickname? <new laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it, and we'll see you out on the trail. Can't, Can't wait.
3: so thank much. You. Thank you, guys. Take, Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening
1: to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on
2: WilkinsHarley.com.